I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 9. Let me ask you a question. Did that last song we sang sound familiar to you? It's kind of a, it's, it is a brand new song by Chris Tomlin and Matt Mayer, but it's also an homage to a couple of very familiar Christmas tunes that get played every year. One was In the Bleak Midwinter, right? Did you catch that? If I Were a Wise Man by Christina Rossetti. What was the other one that was an homage to? Handel's Messiah, right? Unto us a child is born. George Frederick Handel was a master at taking texts from Holy Scripture and putting them together with beautiful music to form a stunning combination. And one of those texts that he used in his Messiah oratorio was Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Have you found it? It predicts the birth of Jesus Christ, the whole point of Christmas. Here's what it says. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He'll reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for everything we have heard this morning, everything we've sung, every, every scripture that's been read. I pray that we would just marinate in it that we would meditate on it, that we'd understand this is what it's all about, that we would be full of these thoughts. Lord, help us now to concentrate on these ideas right here in Isaiah 9 and, and related passages so that we understand what it means that He will reign forever and ever. We pray it in His name. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I read those words that I just read to you from Isaiah 9, I hear Handel's Messiah in my head. I can't turn it off. Wonderful counselor. When I was in high school, uh, I got to sing in a, uh, a community course that did the whole, not the whole, but like an hour and a half worth of the oratorio from Handel's Messiah. So I can't, I can't read the words without those, wor- uh, those songs jumping around in my head. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 is a prophecy of the Messiah of Israel. The promised ruler who would come and make things right once more. Verses 1 through 5 of Isaiah 9 talk about a people walking in darkness who have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. We're now at the darkest time of our year, right? In the rhythm of the year. Each day is short, each night is long. Finally, we've reached the point where the the nights are going to get shorter and the days longer. These people, Isaiah says, were walking in darkness. But now, boom, a light has dawned. And that light is the joyful reversal of the curse on the world and the end of all war. And that light comes in the form of a child, Jesus And that's what Christmas is all about. Isaiah wrote these words 
under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit about 800 years before the first Christmas. This is a very ancient text. Before the birth of Jesus, 700 plus years, he didn't know Jesus' name, but he could see the day when Jesus would come. Now, I'd love to spend time on each of these awesome titles for Jesus and what amazing realities they point to. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, but we'll do that another time. What I want to focus on this morning are all of these words here that talk about His eternal kingdom, because that's what's ringing in my head. Did you hear them as I read it? I tried to emphasize them. Verse 6, the government will be on His shoulders. He would shoulder the government. And this is talking about the government, the government of the world, starting from from Israel and all the way out. That's a big responsibility, and it calls for some very big shoulders. As a dad and as a pastor, I understand what it means to have the weight of of a family or a a church family rest on your shoulders. Well, the weight of the world would rest on the shoulders of this child. But for how long? How long would, the, would it rest on his shoulders? Look at verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, what does it say? There will be no end. Then he says, he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. When? From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. As the choir just sang, He shall reign forevermore, forevermore. He will reign forever and ever. That's in the Hallelujah Chorus too, isn't it? In Handel's Messiah. It's the glorious conclusion of part two of Handel's Messiah. It's number 37 in your hymnal if you want to look at it. We're not going to sing it this morning. Uh, I, for one, have no voice to do that. But it's amazing music. Most of us have it running in our heads the whole Advent season. I'm sure that our choir's last song this morning was supposed to have it ring again in our ears. And he shall reign forever and ever. Where did Handel get that? It's in the Bible. Handel picked three texts from the book of Revelation and put them together. It was a mashup of three different scripture passages put together and set to music. Revelation 19, verse 6, chapter 19, verse 16, and Revelation 11, verse 15. Let me read them to you from the King James Version, which is what Handel had. Revelation 19, 6, John says, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude... And as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Then Revelation 19, 16. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And then Revelation eleven fifteen. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. Christmas is about the coming of the greatest king and the greatest kingdom ever, and it will be an eternal kingdom. Eternal. Forever and ever 
without end. That's what we believe. Just think about that a little bit this morning. Make this your big Christmas Eve thought for the day. Dwell on this idea that Jesus' kingdom will be eternal. Let's pick this sentence apart and take it one step at a time. He. He will reign. This child to be born. This son to be given. Notice in verse 6 that he is a gift. Did you catch that? The people whom he will reign over do not deserve this king. They deserve the darkness they're walking in, not the light. They deserve the wicked rulers that they have had, not the perfect one to come. He comes as a gift. He is grace. And he shoulders the government as a gift. As much as we desperately need it, we do not deserve the kind of government that is being promised here. It's all grace. We don't tend to think about government being grace to us because we're not used to perfect government. Whenever we think about government, we're painfully aware of its imperfections, right? We're painfully aware of our imperfections. We're imperfect sinners living under someone else's government, so we strain against it. And our governments, even our best governments, are made up of imperfect sinners as well. But He will reign. The baby born in Bethlehem will reign. And He will reign perfectly because He Himself is perfect. He's everything that we sang to you this morning. He's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's not just anybody. He's Jesus. Aren't you glad that the eternal kingdom become will be reigned by this person? I would hate the idea of an eternal kingdom ruled by anybody else. He will reign. And this, of course, is talking about his second coming more than his first. He was the king when he came the first time, baby in a stable. But his reign had only just begun and is not yet fully realized. One day he will put down all of his enemies. When he comes again and sets up his eternal kingdom, then he will reign like nothing ever seen before. Look at the words that Isaiah uses in these verses to describe that kingdom. It's peaceful and it's peace with no end. I can't even imagine that. So much conflict. I can't imagine peace with no end. Like, you're never worried that the peace will end. And he says it's perfect. It's upheld, he says, with justice and righteousness. You know, we just can't imagine that. Right now, imagine a perfect place to live with a perfect government. We can try. Think, think it. We've never seen anything like it. We get little foretastes, right, when something goes right. When government does something well, when you have good parents or good church leaders or good policing or good laws put into effect, you get a foretaste of what it might be like to live under perfection, but it's always far from it. Imagine a a world ruled by a person with absolute power that is ruling absolutely and is absolutely perfect and good. That's what this is talking about. That's what Isaiah is promising us. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what Christians believe was happening when Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem. The king had come. The king of kings had come. And he will reign 
forever and ever, right? Right? Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That person, that perfection, and forever. That's the point of Christmas. It's about forever and ever. I don't know about you, but I can't wrap my mind around that. Eternal sounds good, but it's just so hard to comprehend. But think about the opposite. What if the kingdom wasn't forever? What if it was just, and he shall reign for a while? Wouldn't make a very good song. Sure wouldn't make a very good prophecy. Sure wouldn't make a very good world. If all of that goodness came and set up a glorious kingdom, but it didn't last, it just fizzled and ran out of steam, and Jesus went on to do something else for the rest of eternity. Well, all good things must come to an end. No. See, that's not the gospel. The gospel doesn't say all good things must come to an end. The gospel says, and they lived happily ever after because of Jesus. He will reign forever and ever. Isn't that the good news? You know, it's only good news if you're happy about it. It's only good news if this child born, this son to be given, is your own Savior and King. He will reign forever and ever, no matter what. But those who get to enjoy that reign forever are those who received Him as King now. Those who've taken Jesus and His gift of salvation by faith. Those who've come out of the darkness and put their faith in the light who has dawned. Is that you? I hope so. I hope it's everybody in this room. And if it isn't, if it isn't yet, I pray that it will be so soon. I invite everyone here to receive this Son who was given for them so that all of us can rejoice together in Him and under His reign forever and ever. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. Forever and ever.